0: I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 6, Episode 16 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, uh, slated to come out on October 23rd, 2023, and today we're going to talk a little bit about brewing and a little bit about, like, frenemies. Uh, But to begin with, we are drinking the Founders Breakfast Stout. It is a double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout, and it is... Not listed on here what the ABV is. 8.3% ABV. Um, and it says, Coffee lovers, this one's for you. Brewed with an abundance of flaked oats and two types of coffee and chocolate, this stout has an intense fresh roasted java nose with breakfast-inspired flavors of chocolate and caramel uh, Caramelized sugar for just the right amount of sweetness. I've had this before, uh, but I haven't had this year's version
1: of it. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty good. I'll, I'll admit, it's a little hard to place the chocolate. You can definitely place the coffee. You can definitely place the oat in, mm-hmm. in the best ways for that. I yep. think a lot of oatmeal stouts, if they put in too much oatmeal, it starts having that kind of like od flavor mm-hmm. to it which for certain things like if it was like an oat milk stout can work but this just has that smoothness you get mm-hmm. from from putting notes in there it's almost like it acts like a little filter just yeah. absorbing impurities and things like that very smooth very refreshing um yeah i mean it's a good beer though i would be honest with you if you told me it was just a coffee stout i'd agree with you <laughs> you know it's just a um, coffee stout. there's definitely is some of that sweetness they did you can tell they put, put a little of those uh, like caramelized sugars in there that's nice. Gives it a good, well-rounded kind of flavor, but um, no, I wouldn't really place the chocolate as opposed to just a darker roast of coffee.
0: Yeah, so, if you if you said this was like a dark chocolate on the very end, so like after the caramelized note comes on the end of the flavor, I can just taste that a little bit. Now I've had this before. I've had a different mm-hmm. year's version of this. Um, uh, well, I've had it multiple times, but um, previously the chocolate note seemed like it was more pronounced so uh but i it's more like i breathe it in than it's actually there and it's Mm -hmm. an aftertaste and that's what i remember it being but it's not as pronounced this year yeah um completely agree with you otherwise it for it doesn't taste like an 8.3 percent beer it tastes more like a Mm. six percent beer to me um I, I, I can tell the alcohol's there. It just yeah. doesn't, It like, anything when it starts getting about 8% or higher, it, like, the alcohol is completely forward on that for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll give
1: you that. It's very, it's very well-rounded. Right. It leaves a burn on my tongue. I can tell it's a higher ABV, like, after you're done drinking it. But, yeah, when you, like, take that first sip, it doesn't, like, hit you in the face.
0: Right, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I can tell that it's not that going mm-hmm. on. Uh, or it, it doesn't seem like it's like this extra thing. And here I'm yeah. bumping the mic again, um, but it doesn't seem like it's this extra thing that uh, the alcohol is the primary flavor mm. that you're getting out of it. Um, but I do like the oat uh, balance that it's got in. It was clearly brewed very well with oats, and the coffee flavor is delicious. So it is a breakfast stout. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a very good breakfast stout. So if you've never had it before, you should definitely try it. Um, I think. That is one of the one of the better things that Founders does. Their breakfast stout and their Kentucky Backwoods ba- Bastard the, uh, uh, stout, the mm-hmm. KBS. That is a really good stout. Or no, that's Kentucky Breakfast Stout and the Backwoods Bastard. Those are like my three favorites that they okay. do right now. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the stuff that I think I've been brewing. You haven't been brewing as much uh, lately in the
1: last like year, right? Yeah, certainly not as much as I used to. I think I said that last year, too. Um, We thought we were going to be able to make that fig wine, but just the weather here was not very conducive to a good fig harvest, so those didn't really go anywhere. I do have all the stuff to make my strawberry wine, Mm -hmm. and I've got my recipe figured out. I just haven't started on it yet. Okay. So maybe the next time we record, so not next episode, but the episode after that, um, I'll have some stuff to talk about there.
0: Okay. Um well, so what I've done in, in the break was I made uh, a Merlot. So my daughter's turning 21 mm-hmm. this year in like three weeks. And so I made a Merlot. Um, I made an orange blossom acerolin, And then I made a mango wine. Um, and uh, all three of them have come out pretty darn good. The, okay. um, the Merlot is a, called a mariposa uh vino (laughs) it should be vino mariposa like for so anyone that speaks spanish if you hear me you hear me say this you know totally understand my kids from honduras um and you know she wanted it to have like a spanish thing but she specifically wanted it to be named like this so you know she Mm. this is like her her thing not not mine um so that and mango magic she like like the idea of it being kind of magical um but the um but both processes were kind of really nice um, because even though I did like a Tazna schedule and I've really babied these wines and mm-hmm. things like that, they've been very, they've, they've been kind of hands off. Like i mixed them together. I racked them a couple times, got them as clear as I needed them to be. And then have basically just left them alone. Um, and they did all the work themselves, <laughs> you know, essentially, mm-hmm. um, I think the the thing that I like the most about the Mariposa is the concentrate that you use to make like a Merlot or something like that. Like, I'm not Mm going to be able to grow my own Merlot grapes. I would love to be able to do that, but that's just not going to happen. I would need acres and acres of land that I don't have, right? Yeah, and
1: you would need a lot of time and attention and particular soil and just too many things. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so I don't have that. So I have to get that from someplace. So the place that I get it from, um, I've kind of figured out like a good balance of what makes that grape juice concentrate or that Mm. you know that wine-based concentrate good with a good spice mixture um and that just kind of brings out those like vanilla and cherry and other things like that notes that um are naturally in the grapes when they're fermented yeah um and like the the yeast they send a yeast with the wine with the uh, mix it's like a winemaker's yeast, okay. and I don't like the way it tastes mm-hmm. like a whole lot. So I just go get some um, like Lawvin. Either depending on what I'm trying to do, it's either going to be um, B um, B71. No, that's not right. B17. Whatever the, the 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 one that I use is that I've got in my fridge that I can't remember right now. But it's um uh, the you know one of the B strains, and then mm-hmm. they have uh, uh, BM4x4. Um, and those two seem to bring out the best flavors out of, out of this wine. I've made it like a couple of different times. Uh, and there's a couple of different variations I can make on it. So I feel like this is like the culmination of all that like work that I've done over the last three years to make something really good. Um, and then the mango magic, uh, I've tried to make a couple of mango wines before and they didn't turn out so well. And this one was like, you know, spot on. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think what I learned with this mangoes, like a, it creates like a white wine, um, And regardless of what you're going to do with it, you really need to get your nutrients right. Uh, And then you, you know, you start with your juice and everything like that to begin with. But all your flavors really come in secondary. Yeah. You don't get them in primary so much.
1: Yeah. It's such a sweet fruit. It just eats up all that sugar. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, So, you know, like I dropped some, some spices in there too, some baking spices and some more, um, it's not a like heat spice drink. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then, um, the other thing that I've made is, uh, you know, I talked about making the Acer Glen mm-hmm. that I made and that, um, has gone. <laughs> we, we did it on the pot. So I've got another one that's in process right now that is uh, like a Canadian a- Acer Glen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a half. I've got, Part of it's, uh, three gallons of it's bow Shade, and then three gallons of it are just regular, uh, orange blossom honey, and I'm gonna see how that turns out. I imagine that's gonna be pretty good. I'll check, I'll check on it tomorrow when I do some racking. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know, like, um, I feel like I'm doing all the brewing myself, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I'll be honest, I haven't had a whole lot of time.
0: Yeah. You haven't. You've been a very busy man, um, but uh, how are we going to rectify that? How are we going to make it so that you're brewing some more?
1: Well, I think now that my kid loves to come over for D&D with us, when we're out of the recording season, that just becomes easier. You yeah. Know? We can go back to showing up two hours early. We'll produce some stuff. Kid will play around, do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. You know.
0: Have some fun times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, that's going to have to be it. Uh, what do you think will be the thing that you want to make first? Hmm, That's a good question.
1: I'm not sure. I've wanted to experiment with some of the more kind of like fringe things um, that are a little bit more time consuming, like trying to make sake and stuff like that. Uh, In fact, I had all the things I needed to make it, but then just didn't have the time to. Mm -hmm. So now i got to go buy more stuff because some of it it comes in like a uh, refrigerated package that only lasts very long. That's gone bad now. But, you know... I think I'm open to pretty much anything to start with, but I do eventually want to settle in like, okay, you know, here are some very old traditional alcohols that are made in a very old traditional way that like, do you really got to do that? Yeah. You know, like not make it like, the traditional way and then make it like a modified way. Yeah. Like not to disrespect, you know, the culture of how it's done, but it's like, okay, yeah, we figured out how to make sake when it was just occurring naturally for people who were storing cooked rice and things like that, you know? And, like, it's been refined over the years. I think especially, like, a lot of the Asian alcohols are made the way they are, traditionally the way they are, because of how much value is put on that tradition. Where it's like, can we just, like, not do that? like knowing like how we make western alcohol can we make an eastern alcohol in with the brewing style of a western alcohol and how does that change it not saying that like they're doing it wrong or ours would be better but like it would be interesting to see how that changes things yeah you know
0: i could see that um yeah i could totally see that i i think that that would be a fun experiment i think we should do sake like Mm -hmm. just start off with just like hitting hitting it hard like uh, I've taken most of December off, uh, and I won't come back to work until, like, or I won't be going back to work, like, full-time until, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the second week of January or something like that. So if we wanted to try to, like, because I know, like, traditional sake is a little bit more of a process. I would have yeah. time to do that if we wanted to try to try to make that happen.
1: Yeah, we um, definitely could. Yeah. I mean, especially, like, the, the Western style would be very easy, where yeah. it gets a little interesting with the Eastern style as you're slowly – feeding rice into it yeah and so that's the what makes it take so long is that every week you're putting in more rice mm-hmm. like a kind of a new batch whereas i think i'm fairly confident we can start with a whole bunch of rice and then mix it in together right all at once you know i don't actually think we'll run into problems with that i think because nowadays you can get the um kind of specialized bacteria yeast you need Mm -hmm. in like packets instead of it's naturally occurring and if i threw a whole bunch of rice the rice will rot before the bacteria completely takes hold right it's like no we can we can sanitize some rice steam it up toss it in throw in a whole bunch of that stuff so it's got a good start and then i think it'll just take off and run yeah you know there's nothing special about step feeding apart from um, trying to grow a good bacteria colony, yeah. you know.
0: Well, I mean, I'd, I think it would be fun. I We could get the – I should have all of the right equipment because I've got the big wide-mouth things, and I think mm. that's what you need. But we could get, uh, you know, some any equipment that we need, set it up, stage it here, and then just kind of go with it if you wanted to do that. Or we could do the traditional method here since I'll have time to do that, and then we could do the more, like – fast method at your place or something you know yeah we'll figure lines. something out yeah i think that'd be fine Th- that that should be our next brew mm. we should make some sake yeah Definitely. i've been wanting to for a while yeah that'll be our uh, uh christmas brew and i've got a couple of people now that like i've been doing this for so mm-hmm. long they're like can you make a wine for me that's just like like you did for jane you know your, your kid mm-hmm. um and and you know i'm like all right i'll make you a wine mm-hmm. <laughs> not that I, i'm not like put off i'm just kind of like the curse of like people liking the things that you like you know yeah. uh, is also that they want to use them and then my introverted side is like oh god please that's so much so much yeah. interaction with human beings but then like you know i like it that people want things that i so mm-hmm. i don't that here I am hitting the thing again. I don't mean to sound like I'm annoyed by it this is the the whole point I just it, it also is like okay yeah I'll do it you know, yeah know, like, like that moment
1: <laughs> yeah another thing that would be fun to try is we are starting to get into fall, which is apple season mm-hmm. and we could try and do a instead of like a commercial juice see if we can find a um, an orchard that will sell basically unfiltered unpreserved cider. Yeah, and make something with that. That'd be fun. Yeah. We should we should try that. I tried to do that last year, but I couldn't find a place that would that had anything that wasn't preserved. Yeah, you know, it all had. Um, gosh, I th- I think
0: I know of a place that does that. Okay, um, that we could we could get something that's sent to us. Uh, uh, it's in South Carolina, though, but they do mail order. Stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we should we should look into that. Yeah. Um, well, we were going to do another topic um, about. Uh, google and apple but i think we're gonna save that one for later okay um yeah um so yeah do you have anything else you want to talk about about us brewing and our brewing plans over the no i break? think i'm good other than
1: just next season
0: hopefully we've got some more collab projects yeah hopefully instead of it just being all the stuff that i brew, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least you could make some more uh kombucha <laughs> that's true um All right, so this has been Season 6, Episode 16 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It's slated to come out on October 23rd, 2023. Really appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next time.